Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara Sands. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Welcome to another episode of Fishers of Men. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Jesse Lee Yarbrough. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jesse Lee Yarbrough. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now, what the heck are you doing here? No, um, I was invited here by people who run a podcast. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? When you say invited, we actually just like threw a bag over your head and drug you. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Now we're force feeding you yeah. porter beer yeah. while Brings we have a whole our new, wine. New yeah. meaning to fishers of milk. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we're a catch and release program. So. <laughs> um, but anyway. Fantastic. <laughs> so, this is going to be a fun interview. Uh, I wanted to talk to you because I heard a rumor that you recently were on a dating fast. Well, actually, it wasn't really a rumor. You told me. Like last year. Yeah, that's true. Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I recently found out that you had ended yes, that's this fast. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So I really wanted to ask you about this dating fast, why you decided to do it, what it was like, what you learned, and now that you're on the other side of it, kind of what the experience was like. Okay, yeah. I assume if we're running a podcast based on talking, I can give you the long answer? Long answer. Yeah? Go I mean, for it. All right. So the reason, there are multiple reasons why I went on a dating fast. But what it came down to was for me, it was two major things. One was personal healing. And then the other one was being in a new city and trying to figure out like basically what I'm doing. So the healing aspect of it, I uh, was raised in Arizona and like anybody, you know, you have a life, a childhood, and there are things you go through and you just, sometimes you forget about them, sometimes you suppress them. Mm. And so for me, a lot of it had to do with uh, dependency issues and just really uh, what was the purpose of relationships and what was the purpose of my relationship with God and how did that affect other people and how did my wounds, my personal wounds, affect my relationships with other people, specifically women. Mm. So what would you say those wounds were? Um, there, you know, it's really interesting without getting too in depth. Uh, I, there were a few points when I was younger where I was taken advantage of in, in numerous. Ways. And so that just created a lot of, let's see, tr- like trust issues with people. Yeah. Mm. And then the other thing was, uh, my parents were divorced when I was maybe four, three, four five years old, something like that. And whenever that happens, even, you know, if it's somebody who's too young to figure out what's going on, uh, there's a lot that gets sort of what's a, befuddled, I guess is a good word. Yeah. So, so I spent a long time not really looking at those things because I didn't know they were there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year through a lot of prayer for healing two saints specifically, I really sought the intercession of St. Joseph and St. Philomena. And I received 
so much healing. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with like what I found out recently, these patterns that I was repeating, like jumping from relationship to relationship and never be really being like always being afraid of, afraid of total commitment. So, so that, that was, like, that would, there'd that? always be like a point where you'd be like, ah, like, yeah, yeah, just kinda... exactly. I would pull back. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I was always, uh, not for whatever reason, I know the reasons now, but I was always afraid of too much intimacy. Like I said, trust issues yeah. and abandonment issues from my parents being divorced. So a lot of it came down to repressed memories of different things that happened to me when I was very young. And yeah, so for example, I remember at one point I had put this on a shelf in my mind way in the, you know, way in the attic where I couldn't, you know, access it for a long time. But I remember having broken one of my ankles when I was probably seven years old and the trauma that happened from that, it was so excruciatingly painful and basically affected a lot of what I did in the future because it sort of happened that when, whenever you go through trauma, a lot of times something that your brain will do to uh, explain why this happened, it, it will just kind of like come up with its own reasoning. And, and you might not even be able to put it into words at that time. But what yeah, it spoke to me... if you're, it happens to you when you're at a preverbal... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're very young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So to me, I remember trying to walk on my ankle and one of the things that I... It was like buried deep in, like inside was this, this sort of feeling that I was always insufficient. Mm. No matter how hard I would try, I would always be insufficient. Come to find that now, I mean, like humans are all always going to be insufficient, but you know, God is the thing that makes them, mm. heals them and makes them more than sufficient. You know, St. Irenaeus, I think it's St. Irenaeus, or maybe it's St. Ignatius, one of the I saints. <laughs> yeah, he has a, a quote that says, God's glory is man fully alive. So I just, I've always loved that quote, you know, because it really harkens to the fact that when God kind of is able to heal man, that he turns him into what he was originally supposed to be. So anyway, um, yeah, so that was one. And then later there were more, not to get too graphic, but there were more sexual experiences where, again, I felt like I was taken advantage of big time. So, and those sort of things just mess you up. So this past year, there was a lot of time spent in prayer in remembering those things, like I said, because they were very much repressed. Mm -hmm. And then not only remembering them, but also kind of going through the hurt and and deliberately not blocking it up and going through the healing that it took to realize that, you know, those messages that I got, you know, the, like the, like I said, the message of you're never going to be quite enough. You're always going to be insufficient. Realizing that, that that's totally false. But getting down into the deepest levels of the brain, once, one thing I figured out is... Um, I have a friend who yeah, he was going to school for therapy and he he had mentioned to me, he said, you know, there's the there's a few different parts of the brain that deal with trauma. There's the we have the logic part of our brain, which I believe I don't know if it's as accurate or not, but I think it's in the prefrontal lobe. And then there's the emotional part of our brain, and then there is a much more Primal. Yeah, primal part of the brain that is, it's purely based on survival. Yeah. And that's where when you have extreme trauma, things get registered there and that's where all the defense mechanisms mm. come from. So what he told me though is that the logic part of the brain and the primal part of the brain are not directly connected. They're only connected by the emotional part of the brain. So it makes sense that you actually need wow. emotional healing for yeah. your logic and your the primal part of your brain to sync up. 
Wow. That's you know, amazing. Right? It makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Some guy explained it this way. He said, that, uh, let's say, you know, you have a, a soldier who is in battle and he hears a lot of gunfire and he sees some crazy stuff and receives, you know, shell shock from that. He gets traumatized. He goes back home and years and years from the time he was in battle, he's walking down the street. And as he's walking down the, the street, he hears a loud, he hears what sounds like a gunshot. What it turns out to be is a blue car that's backfiring mm-hmm. now uh, he doesn't like immediately register this he might logically say oh it's just a blue car but you know the trauma will scare people in those situations pretty soon because the primal part of the brain is not registering anything through logic it's just trying to survive mm-hmm. anytime a blue car passes by so pretty no- pretty soon this guy is just afraid of blue cars mm-hmm. and he, yeah. he doesn't even know why mm-hmm. so yeah. things that are t- seem totally unrelated so that's what was happening to me is like, you know, I would have these patterns, like I said, you know, kind of jumping into relationships and then getting to a certain point where I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't pour my trust out and pour my love out, uh, always feeling stopped up, much like, you know, a limb that you try to walk on that's that's wounded, mm-hmm. you know, you just can't do it. And there's, you know, people get frustrated with you and they'll be like, what the heck? Like, why, yeah, you know, what's why? wrong with you? Why do you have so many, you know, issues? <laughs> <laughs> but, but to in defense of the person who's wounded that's that's their that's the survival mechanism kicking in mm-hmm. so anyway so long story short this all is why i was looking for a dating abstinence that's that's the the main reason and then the other reason was that you know i'm a musician i got to la just about a year and a half ago and i was not in a position to be dating anybody i had very little money. I had a good day job, but the cost of living here was not something I was used to. I mean, Arizona's yeah. Arizona is very much a half price sale compared to, to California. <laughs> so coming out here is just, it was sort of a shock and it's fine. You know, this year was based on like, okay, I'm going to get my act together. I'm going to really push to try to go see a lot of live music and meet a lot of musicians and try to really get like networking with people. Uh, because I, I, in the past, something that's beautiful about relationships is you have sort of this carefree timelessness where you could spend hours with a person and not realize time is passing so fast. But it may not be appropriate at certain points in your life. And for me, I felt like that time I needed to spend it, you know, trying to get my business act together in terms mm-hmm. of my marketing and just networking and whatnot. So that's the main reason why I started mm-hmm. the dating fast. So was it like, was there a period of time where you were like kind of thinking about doing a dating fast and then you weren't really sure? Or was it like one day and you were like, that's it. This is <laughs> like, okay, what was yeah. the trigger that the made tri- you- Okay. So the trigger was something I realized uh, <laughs> of, of myself, like I said, going through these situations where I'd, I'd get involved in a relationship and it would fall apart. So oftentimes, man, I, I can't believe how, how much I'm sharing right now, but I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to go for it. So there was, um, I, I, it, it, it took, to yeah, I will say it after this, this year of healing, um, this is easier to talk about, but for a long time, I didn't talk about any of these things. At one point there was, um, a girl that I, in my life when I was probably, uh, 19 years old, fell head, head over heels in love with this girl and did not realize that she also had similar commitment issues to what I had. Um, oh. <laughs> actually, I, I didn't develop them yet. Yeah. And I don't hold anything. I, I, yeah, absolutely. So me in, in my earlier state in life, before I had a lot of the commitment issues, I actually had dependency issues. So it's this weird combo that I have where like, 
I may like codependent where like mm. get into a relationship and I really need this person. I so don't that's, think that's uncommon for kids with divorced parents though. I think you're right. Yeah. I've seen it quite often. Yeah. Very, very much so. It's funny whenever I talk about these things, a lot of people can relate. Yeah. It's st- stuff that doesn't get talked about too often, but exactly. when you open up about it, p- people are like, oh wow, actually, yeah, I, that's the thing, same thing that was going through my head. Yeah. So yeah, this like dependency issue of like I needed to be in a relationship, and so when I found yeah, exactly, exactly. So getting into these, you know, I I hung out with this girl probably three months in a row over this this one summer, and then at the end of the summer she just like picked up and left, and and never called me again. Um, So it was really scarring because like I just was in love with this girl and I thought she, she met my family everything you know mm. uh, my family was like oh man she's so cool you got to try to make something happen I'm like well you know she goes to school across the country so basically she left for school and just never oh. I mean actually no that's not true she did call me this was very much a help to me she called me about a year later to apologize which was really great but it, the the damage underneath was done um, so even though I was I was willing to forgive her it didn't it didn't undo the... I needed healing from that. And I never went through the... So there's that. Another time, you know, a very similar case where I was very involved with a girl. And then she ended up telling me that she was pregnant with another guy's baby. So oh. um, a lot of this also was pre-conversion. So I'm not really like... You know, I had a sort of a reversion to the Catholic Church a mm. while ago. So I didn't, ha- <laughs> I didn't have my wits about me at this time. Um when you have a relationship with God, it sort of changes all those other dynamics. You're no longer trying to put your faith in other people. You're trying to put mm, it in God. So, yeah, amen. so that was a long, arduous lesson that I had to learn. So just, uh, I got it. I would keep on getting into these relationships. And every time I thought I found like the perfect person and then things would fall apart, I would actually become more blocked off mm. to where I'd, the, the relationships would be fewer, fewer and fewer, you know, and further apart. But whenever I found somebody who I thought was like, oh, no, this is really the person, my hopes would get so high. Actually, no, I would say my expectations would get high. And oftentimes, I'd, as Christopher West says it, I would put my hat on a handle that couldn't bear the weight. So essentially, that happened. So that's what kicked off this dating fast is I realized this pattern about myself and then the summer that I moved out to LA, while I was transitioning from Phoenix, there was a really, somebody who I, I just, I really liked a lot. And this is, you know, after I had my conversion. Um, so my, my head was a little in a better space, but I, I still had not gone through the healing. The Lord was still working with me in those ways. So basically what ended up happening is, similarly <laughs> to, to things that had happened in the past, I got involved with this girl and and we never had the define the relationship talk because I knew I was moving to LA and I was like, man, I really, I don't know how the move is going to go and I would like to see how it goes before I sort of make any defining statements about this. Well, turns out, you know, I moved out to LA and I, I the thing I was afraid of was like the long distance sort of, I'd never done a long distance relationship. Um, so what ended up happening though is I was actually... I just fell into like calling her every single day and we had this really great communication. So I was like, oh, this is actually working out really well. But like these other relationships, she ended up basically, uh, she started dating another guy like right as I was about to talk to her and be like, hey, I really like you and I think you're awesome. (laughs) And like as I was about to do that, 
Actually, no, I didn't. It wasn't as I, I actually did that. And she told me that there was another guy in the picture. And I was like, man, this sucks. And so <laughs> after I was like, okay, this, this keeps on happening. But my grandpa used to have this saying that like, if like, basically it was a common denominator yeah. is what he would call it. You're the so, yeah, yeah, common yeah, yeah, exactly. If it keeps happening. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not the rest of the world that's screwed up. So I had to figure these things out. So as I was praying about it, I'm like, mm. you know what? This keeps on happening. I don't exactly know why, but I'm going to try to pray about it and figure out, is there something going on internally with myself? Mm. And yeah, so it's been a great year of, of prayer and healing and whatnot. So, uh, How long were you on the fast? A little over a year. I'd say I officially started it last August. Okay. And then this, uh, so that would be 2015. This past August, 2016, I was kind of thinking like, okay, like I do feel like this has been a really great year of healing and prayer and intimacy with just God and, and my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm, I might be ready for a relationship. I don't know. We'll see. And so I kind of was like open to just developing friendships with girls um, it was this past year because I was in that, that very um, sensitive state. I actually decided to like kind of not... Not avoid girls completely, but <laughs> not go out of my way to form friendships with them. Yeah. Um, so there's there are some natural friendships that came about, but it wasn't anything where if I was calling anybody to go hang out, you know, and and just on a you know you know your average Friday night to go grab a beer or something, I would never include girls in the list. It would only be guys. And if if they wanted to invite some of their friends, okay. But I actually I didn't make that a hard and fast rule. I just found myself doing that because that's what I knew I needed. I needed brotherhood. So, um, so wise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look back at it now. I'm like, it's, it, it was more, uh, I appreciate the thought that <laughs> I would like to think I was that wise, but it was more just something I felt like I, needed. I needed rather than, um, well, I should avoid these situations because right. I could fall. Well, I think in here. some ways it's also the Holy spirit, maybe guiding you in a way that oh, yeah. you didn't realize yeah. at absolutely. first. And, well, yeah. And I look back yeah. at it now and that's absolutely what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I would say a little over a year is, is about okay. how um, I started opening myself up to the possibility of a relationship. Okay. So what are you going to say? Oh, so I was just going to ask the follow-ups of what it looked like. So you, during that time, you were like not really talking to girls. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one girl. There's the, She kind of broke the rules, but finish what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, no, I want to hear about the action. No, no, well, we we'll finish what you're going to say. And I'll, 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 well, yeah. I just want to hear if you established rules or if it just kind of came naturally or... it more came naturally yeah i didn't I, I wasn't trying to necessarily establish rules so like i said i but there was an exception to these non-rules yeah yeah exactly <laughs> more like guidelines yeah 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 i i more admitted to the, the fact that there were rules after i found that i was doing these things out of intuition mm. um so like i said i wasn't going out of my way to form friendships with fem- females for like the first six months but i just found myself reaching out to my brothers so I couldn't explain it. But then after that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably good that I'm doing that. Mm. I'm going to kind of keep that up. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to I'm going to actually try to do that. I'm going to make that a conscious effort. So but there's one girl who I actually met last. Let's see. Uh, probably last August. Um, and I got to know her through um, young adult ministry at St. Charles called The Vine. Mm. And. She was one of the ones that I felt like there was a lot of chemistry with. Now, there's a lot of great women around uh, in this area, really devout women and, and just very solid that I'm really impressed with, honestly. 
um, I wasn't sure what to expect when I came to LA, you know, um, I come from sort of a different culture in Phoenix. So having met her, she and I both realized that there was some chemistry. So at a certain point I actually had, this is probably one of the things that allowed me to figure out if it needed to be a rule or not. Mm -hmm. Um, we knew that there was chemistry. So I, I just, I, I kind of called it like I saw it. And I called her up one day. I'm like, hey, do you want to go to breakfast? And she goes, yeah, totally. So we met up and I just told her, I'm like, look, I got to be honest. I really like you and I think you like me too. And I feel like we're giving each other attention, but I do feel very called to be on this dating fast. And she was very receptive to it. Um, She didn't have hurt feelings about it and she knew, she understood, you know, um, I explained to her, not in detail, but I kind of gave her a vague sense of what I was going through. And she totally was completely um, respectful of that. And uh, so we spent probably a good, I don't know, three or four months not really talking that much. Um, And when I had that talk with her, it was probably like November or December. Um, So yeah, but we kept in touch here and there. And then it wasn't until like a few months ago, back in December, that I decided that my dating fast was definitely up. Mm. So the one that broke the rules is the one that I haven't <laughs> kind of in a relationship. Well, with. I mean, ah. even as you even as you were saying that she broke the rules, she didn't. No, really. yeah, she didn't. No, no, yeah, absolutely and, not. And what I'm impressed with is just the the forethought of like you wanted to respect not just her feelings mm-hmm. because you didn't want to lead her down this road exactly mm-hmm. yeah of unintentionality, mm-hmm. but you were being intentional even with yourself. You were respecting what God has prompted you to do. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that is that. definitely not what we have found mm-hmm. with most men. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but intentionality, I think is a lost art. And yeah. Yeah. even, even with That's women, true. I mean, I That's could talk true. a lot about like the woes of women having to deal with men, but like mm-hmm. really, I think we just live in a generation where that is so lost to us. We don't know what yeah. it yeah. means to be intentional. We don't know what it means to have, uh, honor, honestly, like yeah. honor, right, right, honor right. and respect. Uh-huh. And I'm very impressed and I'm very glad that you waited and even through just this mutual attraction that you knew what could could be potentially something and it eventually became something yeah, yeah. that you had that restraint to wait and just to wait mm-hmm. on the Lord and mm-hmm. I think that is just beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. No, that's really, yeah. really awesome. Because it's, especially like when a lot of communication is digital, I'm assuming you all texted Oh yeah, you she's know? actually really bad at that. It's oh, funny. Oh, that's we, like, good. Yeah, that's actually she, probably a good. Thing. She's she's gotten a lot better, but yeah, it's it's something that like, she's of the two of us. It's funny because I'm actually um, the one who, well, not anymore, but at the beginning of this whole thing, I would be the one to reach out a little bit more. Where it's, in the past relationships, I found that that was opposite. So um, just the personality types that I was dating mm. tended to reach out more toward me. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. But it's like. Like when communications digital, it's I think easier to do everything wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's like, it's like yeah. easier yes. to be flirty, and it's also yeah. easier to ghost. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I actually sort of made a rule with myself not to ever text somebody in a confrontational situation. Texting for me is only a light, you know, a conversational thing. You can make jokes, but. There's so much that can be misread by... Oh, absolutely, There's so many tones. Like, you're not hearing their voice. So something could come off totally sarcastic, or it could come off as very sincere. You you don't really know. So 
Right. Even yeah. amongst friends, that could oh, yeah, be absolutely. really messy yes. really quickly yeah. That's if very you true. think you're yes. hearing it a different way. Yeah. yeah. So I applaud you for like stepping up, taking, <laughs> recognizing your actions, yeah. taking responsibility, uh, doing thanks. it in person. <laughs> we found him. Yeah, you're the one. <laughs> the one guy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Gosh, it's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but so, so towards the end of it, what was also like the signal that you're like, okay, I think I'm ready? Well, uh, the big signal is that uh, I had gone through a lot of healing and to me, Actually, I would say the big signal is this. The same thing that happened when I moved to L.A., and that is in working through my prayer. You know, I know some people who have these prayer lives that are amazing, and I I know a guy who sort of, like, he has crazy dreams, or, like, you know, he has these visions where he, like, God speaks to him and stuff. And my mom is like that, too. She'll she'll have, like, dreams where she kind of, like, I've never been like that. I've been 100%, like, my spiritual life has never had any aspect of, like, the supernatural to it. So I've always struggled with auto-suggestion. Just, like, praying and asking for God something, asking for an answer, and then struggling with, okay, am I actually hearing you say something, or is that just the back of my head? Is that, like, a voice that won't shut up? Yeah. Um, so there's a long time of learning how to figure that out. Turns out, if you consecrate your will to God, it doesn't matter. He's going to treat it like it's his, you know, you're doing his will with just your intention, which is amazing. So the same thing that happened when I moved to LA, I was praying one day and I just felt like God was calling me to pick up and prepare to move. And I had this peace about it. And to me, whether no matter what the message is that I think I get, the test for me is peace. And if I have peace, like that is the number one way that God speaks to me is, okay, should I do this, God, or should I not? And if I don't have peace about it, yeah, if if I don't have, in fact, I would say if I don't have 100% like resolve to do something, then I would stay away from it. Because this is how I've fallen into so many relationships. There'd be a girl that I like, even like 70 or 80 or 90%. Yeah. But there'd be like this pesky 10% or 5% of, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, you're great, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So to me, I've just realized things tend to work out the best. I, I feel like after enough trial and error of of this system of like, you know, kind of figuring out what it is that God might be calling me to and testing if I have peace and all these things, that seems to work the best for me. Mm. So that's what happened when I moved to LA. I just felt like God kind of put that little thought in my heart and the more I prayed about it, the more I had peace. And it was after that, a few days later, my, my cousin called me and said, hey, you should come work for me in California. I'm like, oh, job opportunity immediately. Okay. He goes, I know you're a musician. You could come out and, you know. So I just had so much peace about the whole thing. So the same thing happened when I, um, I sort of reached out to this girl. Um, as I was praying about it, you know, in so many other situations, there would be like a girl, 70, 80, 90, 95%. But then the 5% might be, well, that means I don't get to ask this other girl out. Mm. Or, you know, so there's this, this sense of like, exactly. It's like you're at Subway and you can't figure out which, you know, thing to put on your sandwich, you know? Um, So like the, 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 one of the big lessons I've learned this past few years is if you choose something that doesn't mean that you lost out on other things. I think in the, in the, the sense of how the world works, because it's very competitive, if, if somebody at your work gets promoted, you 
didn't get that position. Mm. So, or if you pick this job, that means you can't go into this other field. So I, I had this shift. This is one of the things I worked on in, in my healing is I had a shift in viewpoint of I'm going to start practicing, realizing that if I choose something and I give it my all, I'm not losing out. Mm. You know, that that's part of the thing is like, you know, part of basically in my, in my adulthood, what, one of the things that has defined um, a certain level of maturity, maybe not, I don't know, I'm saying that maybe, but I feel like one of the things that defined is being able to kind of like pick something and like make a, a hard and fast decision and be committed to it. Mm-hmm. I think that, and we all know this as LAs, there's uh, so many people who are like, yeah, let's get together sometime. <laughs> and they always put, say, sometime. Two years later. Yeah, yeah, let's exactly. Let's get together sometime. <laughs> and there's this very, and it's fine. That's the culture. It's not anything yeah. to get pissed off at. And people don't like to drive. You know, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You, so like, and there's hey, also five I'm a... events at any given time oh, yeah, going yeah, on that exactly. are all like amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, to me, being able to make a commitment was like a big step for me and realize that, yeah, I make a commitment and I will lose out on the other, these other things. But the things that I have with this are just so amazing. So I had that sort of piece when I kind of asked this girl if she wanted to see where this friendship would go. What were you going to say? You look like you had something to say. Yeah, it just made me think of the, the, that famous quote. I forget who said it, but you know, you love one woman or you love many women. You love none of them. You love yeah. one woman. You've loved them all. Yeah. In the sense of you're when you make a commitment to one woman you're you're kind of saying to womankind like i respect all of you to to have given you only pieces of myself yeah and the the if but if you've given yourself to all of like a bunch of women Mm -hmm. you haven't respected yourself or any of them because you're not committing to them right so commitment is the thing yeah and it's just making the choice every day to (coughs) to stay Exactly. And that is so anti-LA culture. Yeah, it's very yeah. much. And just yeah. our generations. Oh, yeah. Culture. We're provided with uh, so absolutely. many options for so many things. Yeah. You know, it takes a long time for people to decide which cell phone they yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. The sad, the science of gratitude or even happy, happiness, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like the more options you have, the less happy you are. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And the less able you are to even just pick one. Yeah. yeah. Be satisfied yeah. with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I thought this was really interesting. Steve Jobs, whenever you saw him in public, he always wore, uh, I believe it was, uh, if I remember. Turtleneck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black turtleneck and, and, and jeans. And the reason he did that was it's basically the same reason Catholic monks where the uh, the garments mm-hmm. they do, and that is if you just have one thing that you always go to, that t- like you don't have to make a yeah. decision. You just you, know, you it's it's save it's more efficient. It's like less emotionally involving. You just wake up and you put the same thing on every right. day. Yeah, yep. there is you know decision fatigue is a real thing. Oh Whereas, yeah, like, totally. When you look at how many decisions we make in a day, and oh, you gosh. know they've done studies that by the end of the day, if you've had a really decision heavy day, especially like the little stupid things that mean nothing, mm-hmm. then you'll you're more likely to make a bad decision at the end of the day. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I, I believe it. I believe wow. it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one theory of why politicians get into these crazy scandals and stuff. They're making really like yeah. important. Yeah. Decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the end of the day, they're like, ah, whatever. Like, yeah, here, yes. here's that makes a sense. young oh. woman on Twitter. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that's crazy. You know, wow. but but yeah. And so when you think about that in the context of dating too, especially, it's just like, whoa, there are so many, there's so many people. Like, mm-hmm. like nothing, nothing makes that more obvious 
than trying to look at a dating app. And mm-hmm. you're just like, whoa, this goes yeah. beyond how what I could have ever imagined. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, this this past year in learning to how to do that has been like a a big step for me. Mm. Yeah. So um, that was the sort of the commitment I made when I came to LA. You know, the commitment in the dating fast, and then the commitment to date this one girl. Um, yeah, and and honestly, it's it's great because <clears throat> having that. I never knew this before, but having a sort of season of friendship is how I've, I've heard it put uh, with this person has been such a blessing. We, we talked about this. and I'm, I'm going to try not to talk too much about her yeah. and that situation just out of respect for her because she's very introverted. So, but we have one thing I will share is we've talked about how nice it is that we spent a long time, you know, like I said, I met her last year, probably in August. So it was like a year and a half before we started like seeing if, if there could be a, a blossoming, blossoming relationship here. So we've had this really great f- friendship as a foundation. And we know that we can function on friendship level. Which is, if you talk to anybody who's married, they'll always say, yeah, the magic is gone. Like after like the first couple months, they'll say the magic is gone. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe first couple of years, depending on who you are. I, don't, uh, I hear it pretty quick, I think, uh, from a lot of people. Um, yeah, the mystery's gone, and uh, and they'll also tell you, yeah, you have to be able to function on a non-romantic level. So I think that's one of the tough things about our modern dating culture is um, I think it, it focuses a little too much on the emotional aspect and a little less on the friendship aspect and the practicalities so that's like one of the things we've really tried to make um, part of the discernment is not getting too emotionally detached before we make big decisions. Because the more emotionally attached you are, the harder it is to make those decisions. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, yeah, not getting too emotionally attached. And then what was the other thing I said? I just lost my train of thought. Friendship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being able to fu- function on a friendship Practi- level. Yeah. So, what practicalities would you do you mean? So, um, practicalities such as, uh, let's see. Well, being able to function on the friendship level is one of those practicalities. And then the other things is okay. What is the purpose of why we are together? Um, some people don't believe in the institution of marriage. We happen to. So, like, that's where we want to go. So the practicalities are very much like we talked about a lot about the big topics because this has happened before when I've dated somebody and I find out down the line that they're, you know, they don't really want to ever have kids or maybe they find out that I'm like way not ready for marriage, you know, with my commitment issues that I've had, you know, Uh, I remember one girl getting really mad at me because I, I didn't really... I got into this relationship because it was so weird. We had a great time hanging out with each other and we could function on our friendship level. But when she found out that I was like nowhere even close to being, this is probably when I was 22, not even close to, to being ready to get married. She was like, uh, yeah, I want out of this. You know, we spent a long time before we talked about that a long time, you know, it was kind of on and off for like two years. So with, with this girl, we got a lot of the big talks out of the way, basically, like within the first couple of weeks. We're like, okay, why are we doing this? We want to be headed towards marriage. Even if it's not immediate, we want to be, that's what we're looking at. Um, do you, how big of a family do you want? Where do you want to live in the future? You know, um, 
what uh, what is your family like? Do I get along with your family? You know, do are are they the type of people that um, that I can get along with? Uh, do you get along with my family? Things like that, and then getting the more final fi- uh, fine details. Well, those of, are really just marks of maturity when you are. When you can have those talks up front, I mean, probably not yeah. on the first date, yeah. but like in the French. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We had, yeah, which, that's always yeah, the yeah. First date. No, actually, it was really funny because we both were like kind of awkward about bringing some of that up, but then at a certain point, we're like, you know, one of us just—I remember—we've both done it at certain points. We're like, I, I'm, I'm just gonna say it because I feel like it needs to be said, and we'll bring something up. <laughs> Literally on the very first date, we talked about how many kids we wanted. That's great. So, you all already knew each other and were friends. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was we, already yeah. chemistry. There. I yeah. Mean, I met yes. first date like. Like you meet online, online and yeah, you don't even know if there's chemistry in it. Different. Right. Like yeah, that's true. Different. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah. a mark, mark of maturity, and um, which I don't think you would be able to have that maturation without having the past that you've had, yeah. you know? Yeah, so no, that's some, true. That's true. Um, and then just knowing, again, like with the intention of maybe you're not my wife, maybe you're not my husband, but right. I want to us to verbalize that we are looking for somebody to right. marry versus, yeah. you know, one of you is looking for just someone to mm-hmm. play around with yeah, or yeah. like yeah. hook up with or whatever it is. It's unlikely, exactly. and this, unlikely from the youth group scenario, like meeting a person <laughs> in, at the young adult group. Yeah. Right. But right, even right. still, yeah, like people can yeah. have, but, but it se- sounds like the dating fast helped you with that whole attachment part where you're able to have yes. these conversations and then not really take it personally. Yes, and be like absolutely. Free. Yeah. Like really free. Yeah. To consider the situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was funny because that, that girl I told you, you got really mad at me for not wanting to get married anytime soon i i was like really hurt when she was like no i don't want to be like no this is not gonna happen and i was really hurt by it and now i look back and i'm like oh i I see exactly what she was talking about it's so funny because i i I have total empathy for her now so with this this particular person that i'm involved with she's we've been so open about those things and yeah the I feel like we've maintained, I mean, the emotional attachment only goes as far as the discernment has gone, mm. you know? So we always try to take the discernment up a level before we up the emotional attachment. Which but so is, how are you discerning together? Like, what does that look like? So, uh, you, you, you're like, I checked in with God today and he told me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave me the green light to put yeah, my yeah. around you. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> well, I, we've, we, to, uh, to be honest, it's very fresh and new. Yeah. Um, so we haven't had like a terribly large amount of like physical contact. We would like hold hands. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much it. Um, and we hug each other, but a lot of it is, you know, praying together. Um, and it, there's some, th- there is some discretion needed there depending on because praying can be a very intimate moment, you know, so it can lead to a little more uh, emotional attachment. So I had been invite advised in the past yeah. to not pray with my significant yeah, other. Exactly. Because yeah. it, it is like this emo- it, like intense emotional yes. thing. Or That's very true. Intimate thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is like you're at your most vulnerable mm-hmm. at that point. So, so using discretion on how and when we do that though the way we did it we actually we do like a a nine day novena or something like a a, like a prayer sequence and we pray together twice only like start together and end together and then everything else was on our own Hmm. so having times when you are able to pray together uh within yeah appropriate boundaries Mm -hmm. um and that's up for each couple to discern and figure out what is you know what is the right you know amount of that that is needed and then, yeah, having the big talks, 
and then also providing a lot of opportunity to um, see what their lifestyle is like and for the other person to see what your mm-hmm. lifestyle is like. And a lot of that has to do with their family. Mm-hmm. Like I said, do I get along with them? You know, Or friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Family, yeah. friends. Sometimes the friends um, are even more like right. critical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very, I've been lucky so far, yeah. actually. I've been really lucky with that. Now, do, you, do so. either of you have mentors or somebody that you can go to separately? Yeah, we both have spiritual directors. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's also important. Like maybe not as mm-hmm. a couple yet until you're, you know, further along in the yeah. relationship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is probably a, a good mm-hmm. element to have right. in, in your life. Yes, yes. And also, yeah, so we both have spiritual dire- directors. They're both great. And um, that's been re- a, a really big help for me because, yeah, it's somebody I could talk to and bounce ideas off of while this other person's not around. And I could really have a clear head about the whole thing. So I would ask you so, what are other lessons that you feel like you have now after completing this dating test? Uh, I mean, the biggest lesson, like I had said, I think everybody has a personal responsibility to work on healing. Um, I had a lot of resentment that I, I didn't know where it was coming from. Um, so healing is just, you, you have these, it's like shrapnel stuck in your skin, you know? It's like, it could be down deep and there's, you you, you might not even know that it's, well, it's hard, it'd be hard not to know it's there. Um <laughs> Some other infection or something that's down deep, uh, you may not know what's going on, but it's manifesting itself on the surface of your skin as a rash of some sort. Yeah. So I feel like everybody, this is one lesson that I learned is like everybody I think has a personal responsibility and, and it sucks because like not everybody's told this because there's not a book on like how to do life, you know? Yeah. Um, it's called but the Bible. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> But the, the, I do think that everybody has a personal responsibility to work on healing because the resentment is like that rash. Resentment mm, comes yeah. out of hurt. Yeah. Hurt in mm. itself is, is it's, it's neither here nor there. I mean, yes, it would be great if nobody got hurt, but that's not how life is. So learning how to not only heal old hurts, but deal with the things that come along in, you know, because it's like. You know, you, you want to prevent yourself from building up scar tissue in the future as well. Right. So and that's, how to act with grace in situations where before you might have just gotten yes. angry or... Exactly, you know. exactly. So, yeah, that'd be one of the big lessons is is I, I do think that was a... Um, when I took up that, what I was kind of giving... I was like abdicating power before and like saying, oh, it's everybody else's fault. Like, why are these other... All these people that I've been in relationships, why are they terrible? Mm-hmm. But really, I was abdicating power. I needed to figure out what was mm-hmm. going on with me. So that was the biggest yeah. lesson I learned. Second biggest lesson is everybody else has something like that, so you need to be understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I know for sure that there are more things underneath that I'm probably not healed of yet. But be, be, having the, the knowledge that I do about myself now, I am able to see in other people when they have certain reactions. I'm like, oh, that person is having this same reaction that I was having. So having like a new level of understanding or not maybe it's something some some sort of behavior you totally don't understand it's foreign to you but knowing that there's something driving that behind their you know their their actions are a manifestation of something down deeper mm. so i'd say that would be the other one the uh, the the third big lesson i learned is is how to not have emotional attachment and in this past year in this dating fast i was i was working on not only emotional attachment to people but like for me food is a big one you know so i was i was working a lot on not being attached to Mm. the idea of having you know cookies and donuts at the end of every day you know 
Um, I think they're so connected, though. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Because it's like, it's especially like if you've had trauma when you're little, like feeding yourself is that is like oh, a really intimate a comfort, action. Yeah, comforting. And, thing. Yeah, and it's the most comfort. It's like you're, yeah. that you can give yourself. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's the one physical comfort you can like make sure to give yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so that that's uh, that would be another big lesson is, is like learning how not to have emotional attachment because that's really... The crux of discernment happens in your intellect. It doesn't happen in that emotional part of the brain. It doesn't happen in the fight or flight, you know, the uh, more archaic part of the brain like we were talking about before. It happens in the intellect. So anything you can clear, anything you can clear away in the, those other areas to let your intellect work like a well-oiled machine, it's just going to do you a favor. Mm-hmm. So that's lesson number three. Lesson number four... Uh, I don't know if there is a lesson number four. I think those are the big, those are the big ones. Yeah, emotional attachment, and then you know working on healing. You know, yeah, your healing, and then helping other people with theirs, being understanding with other people. So yeah, um, I think that's it. Maybe not. I don't know. There'll probably be more. Yeah, like midnight tonight, I'll, yeah. I'll be like in Wait, bed. Yeah, I'm the right, most important. Yeah, yeah, about to fall asleep, and then I'll pop awake and I'll think, "Dang it, I should have said this on the podcast." <laughs> I'll send us a voice memo. We'll uh, we'll insert. Yeah. That. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Cool. That's, yeah. I can do that. No, but that is that is really awesome. I feel like I've gone through a similar thing because um, I've only recently kind of gotten back into dating after mm-hmm. like a year and a half of not not like going on like three dates anymore. Oh, okay. And. Um, and but I've been focusing on healing a lot too, oh, and like great. the really deep, profound yeah. stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm having all these insights and recovering memories. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, but dude, repressed memories don't, like, don't mess what? you up, man. Yeah, and, and it's like, wait, like that one thing yeah. is still <laughs> yeah, affecting yeah, yeah. me, and all of these. <laughs> It, yeah, exactly. It could be like still... the little, it's like, my shoe was untied. Why was I such so traumatized about my shoe being untied? I don't even know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but it does completely change because now I'm looking at, like, I'm not seeing anybody regularly, but I'm looking at dating just from a totally different perspective. Just like, okay, you know, like I'm going to be really authentic mm-hmm. and I'm going to really like be upfront about what I want and everything, but I'm going to be really kind and I'm going to yeah. take into account like, cause I feel like my heart has been softened a little bit. You that's know? cool. And oh, as much as we joke about like, Oh, there are no good men or whatever. Like I, I know that that's not true. And that's a mm-hmm. lesson that God has been teaching me, mm-hmm. you know, and to be stuck in that mind frame of just like, Oh, there are no good Catholic yeah. men or there are no good Catholic women. That's so toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just like poisoning yourself over and over. Yeah, Cause again. you're just, you're just energized by the negativity. And if, yeah. Yeah. if negativity is what is nourishing you, yeah. you're yeah. only going to be negative. And yeah. I think God yeah. even ends up sending you people like that. So to teach you the lesson of how to yeah. get over it. So like sometimes yeah. like if it Very keeps true. happening to you, maybe it's like, Oh, there's something that I need to do to be able to yeah. learn this lesson so that this yeah. doesn't happen to me. Right. Anymore. Right. Right. Right, right. You know. No, that's very true. Um, oh, I just thought of a number four. Well, there you go. Okay, number four. Lesson, big lesson number four. Uh, learn how to be friends with people. Mm. Like, just have a functioning relationship that is purely friendship. Yeah, and to asterisk that, uh, to be friends with people and like yeah. of the opposite sex, to have boundaries because uh-huh. it could get really blurry. You're friend, yeah. like quote yeah. unquote friends with somebody mm-hmm. and one of you can't not like the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like I've had this conversation with people uh, like 
men and women can't be friends. I mean, yeah, it's that whole yeah, Annie yeah. Hall. Well, no, 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 not Annie Hall. Uh, when um, Harry met Sally. When Harry met Sally. Right. Um, I find that to be true, but yeah, yeah, but no, you would... get to a certain intimacy. But you with have a, a lot of guy friends. Yeah, yeah, and then you get. That's what I'm saying. That's what I I found yeah. find it to be true that you can have. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with with the proper boundaries, it's yeah. very much possible. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's being self aware and like just yes. being transparent yes. and yeah. and. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see that... Self-awareness is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Because you could be the type of person to just flirt all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. not know that. I mean, yeah. and then that's the accountability of your friends around you. I mean, you mm-hmm. maybe you need to have the hard talk with yes. somebody you know or yeah. somebody needs to talk to you. But, you know, it's about being humble and just knowing that, you know, you're loved and mm-hmm. people just want to speak into your life in not a condescending way, but in a nourishing, helpful mm-hmm. way. Yes. And that's so hard for, like, for me, you know, like, it's it's hard right. to be like, what are you talking about? I got my life together. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And, it, yeah. and in that path of healing, when you ask for that healing, there that is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's something they're experienced. Yeah. Because there's no Absolutely. healing without it. Yes. Yes. There are people that are going to call you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inevitable. Yeah. We are all called to humility, and if we... Don't arrange for it. It will happen to us. <laughs> uh, yeah. What a day that would be. Yeah. yeah. You would hit on something. Oh, yeah, yeah. The idea of being, yeah, friends with people. That's. I guess that would be another um, thing that I, I, I feel like that um, there's like a long tradition of courtship. And I didn't realize this, but courtship is very much like, yeah, you, it's non-exclusive sort of, you know. Um, I had never heard this before, but it's. It's something that, like, yeah, you 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 see who might be a good match, and you do the discernment apart from that emotional mm-hmm. attachment. Um, no, I think I don't know. It's, yeah. it's not for everybody, maybe. You know, but right. um, I think, uh, yeah, like having the the wherewithal to like be able to have those friendships and not mm-hmm. not like have those appropriate boundaries, because yeah. then you can figure out like, oh yeah. If it, I could ask this person and if it doesn't work out, then, then nobody's heartbroken at the end of it. That's like the beautiful thing about this is if you, you focus on the discernment before, uh, kind of, um, you focus on the friendship and the discernment before you get the, to the emotional stuff, the emotional stuff, it happens. You know, the whole Harry met Sally thing is like, yeah, if you spend enough time with somebody, there will be an emotional connection that Mm -hmm. can form. I think that you maybe in certain situations it might not never happen, but very often, I think that like if you're around a person long enough and you are vulnerable enough with them, the emotional side w- like will happen. Yeah. It's like the so, thirty-three questions, like fall in love with any person. Have you heard? Yeah, no. Yeah, there was a researcher that found that um, like you basically. They were like, we can make any two people fall in love. And they found these like 33 questions that you just have to like stare into each other's eyes for a certain period of time and like ask these questions. They're like, really? It's kind of cruel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the sake of science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will heartbreak. You don't know how many happy marriages ended yeah. up from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, hold on. I lost my train of thought. It's okay. It'll come back to me at 4 a.m. I'll just yeah, yeah. I'll voicemail you guys. <laughs> awesome. So about that, though, it's funny because I, I had a philosophical discussion with one of my roommates one night, and uh, he said to me, Jesse, can God make the best sandwich? And, you know, the, I'm like, of course he can't. Okay, the reason, I'll give you the background. The reason why we're talking about this. It's so good, even he can't eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the reason we were talking about this is because we were talking about 
yeah, like the idea of can you fall in love with just anyone? Um, and the idea of if is like our soulmates a thing? Like, are you mm. made to be with one specific person? And mm. I don't know how I I don't know what I believe in it. And he he brought up a, a very philosophically compelling point. And I used to think that that was the case, which is why I put so much dependency in these other people's yeah. these relationships. Like, this you, is the one. I just yeah, exactly. To you grew up yeah. in the the era of Disney. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Screwed Disney. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, it was kind of funny because he, 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 yeah, he asked me that. He's, can God make the best sandwich? And I said, of course he can. And he goes, no, he can't. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's God. He can make the best everything. He goes, no. Okay. Think of it this way. He said, let's say you have a cup. I have this uh, chocolate porter in front of me for those of you listening mm. who can't see what's going on. Uh, Laura was kind enough to give me this delicious beer. But, okay, so the cup is about, I would say, what did you say, four, five inches tall? Mm-hmm. Sure. So the cup has a particular limit. Now there's, we, we would call that potentiality. Like here's the potential, this 12-ounce glass um, it has the potential of being fulfilled 12 ounces. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's only filled maybe one ounce uh, because I drank most of it throughout this podcast. <laughs> um, so there's potentiality and there's actuality, the fulfillment of potentiality. So whenever you have something's potentiality fulfilled to the fullest, that's mm-hmm. when it's like the most, you know, the mo- that's why Jesus is the hu- like perfect human. Yes, he also was God, but 100% human, he was filled to the brim with nothing but grace. But in, in terms of objects, finite objects, they have a limit. The limit to this cup is, you know, four inches tall. Let's say 12 ounces. With God, there is no limit. Mm-hmm. So the, the potentiality can actually never l- l- reach Oh, uh, there, excuse me. The actuality can never reach the potentiality, right? It's so, because it's limitless. So, picture a beer glass that goes on mm. into the heavens forever, which it's is infinite. Beer yeah, <laughs> that's what I think the beatific vision is. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's, what, that's when you know you've arrived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The infinite beer yeah, glass. exactly. So, so God can't make the best sandwich because He is always able to make a better one. It might be the best sandwich I've ever had, but it might not be the best sandwich ever. So, so is the case with uh, any spouse that you you may end up you you marry and you live a long life with. Could God make the absolute best spouse for you? And oh, we can't yes, all marry Jesus. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean that's what it's all pointing to in the no, end. It's like fulfillment by God alone. You know, mm-hmm. marriage is, is merely a uh, a road sign to the. Well, that harkens back to what we were talking about, like in commitment. It's like Mm -hmm. you're—it's never going to be "quote unquote" perfect. There's no such thing as that. Exactly. So the important thing is committing and just committing and making the choice every day. Right. Right. Um, but, but having the, enough information to commit. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> that's what discernment yes. is all yeah. about. All right. Well, that sounds like a great place to wrap up. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> More beer. <laughs> so, Jesse Lee, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you both for having me. This has been great. Yeah. 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 Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. 
Follow us on Twitter at, at LA Gone Fishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Larson Mary Sams. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming.